The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by BodyBio. Get 20% off anything at BodyBio.com with code RTRS20. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process. BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. And Stateside Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. StatesideVodka.com. On the show today, fake trades, fake trades, fake trades. We got a bunch of proposed fake trades from Michael Connor, which seemed to make people angry. And then Sixers Adam, which made people a little less angry. So we'll go through those trades. I did watch Hustle. I don't know if Mike watched it. If he didn't watch it, then we're not going to talk about it. But if he did watch it, then we will. So there is a little little look into our preparation for this week's pod. And of course, we dive back into the mailbag and the voicemail. I mentioned stateside vodka. Great news. Surfside tea and vodka. Back in stock, baby. Back in stock. We celebrate surfside tea and vodka because it's only 100 calories and there is no carbonation because there is no carbonation in iced tea. Just the right amount of sweetness, and I would say the perfect summer drink, even down to the can. Yeah, I keep saying on the pod, we should get Surfside tea and vodka merch. I just don't see it yet. I would love the t-shirt. Feels like a tank top would be a real winner for me. So go to statesidevodka.com. You can get the Surfside tea and vodka, get it there. You can get it in stores all over the place as well. But perfect summer drink, going down the shore for the weekend or something like that in the backyard. Surfside Tea and Vodka. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Larry, sweetie, the man is here. We will write y'all. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who everyone knows has got that boat in him. That is one, Mike Levin. Oh, I didn't even think about boat when we were talking about <laughs> the boats and the, the intro with CJ. Wow. Very, it's a boat. Oh, boat. yeah. That would have been a good, good reference. Mm-hmm. Good reference. You do have that boat in you. I do. Big boat in my gut. You take an x-ray. You see that there's a huge... <laughs> Boat with a sail and everything, a mast, <laughs> other boat terms, right in my gut. Before we get to everything else, the NBA Finals is tied at 2 2. We don't do a lot of non, you know, we don't do a lot of like finals analysis or whatever. I do think that game four felt more pivotal than game fours normally feel. And as I was watching it mid third quarter, 
it felt a little bit like a closeout game to me in that the Celtics, I felt like both teams needed to have it. And I was at a point where I thought the Celtics were going to win. I originally came out and thought that the, I, the Warriors would win. I didn't think it would be that difficult. Then I was like, ah, maybe the Celtics just have too much. But now I'm back after that Curry performance. And the fact that the concern I had about the Celtics was just like close games. I'm a little worried. And I feel like it's swung more than a, a game four will normally swing, especially when it goes to 2-2. Yeah, I mean, I thought that game kicked ass. Um, I think it's pretty clear that the Celtics are the better team um, because of how, at least from in this matchup, they're just like swallowing up so much of what Golden State does. But Golden State's really good because Steph's really good and mm -hmm. just like an incredible amount of shot making that made it uh, a winnable game for them. And just enough guys made plays. Like I, Andrew Wiggins played incredible. Yeah. Like he played out of his mind. Like there's he is the only guy on Golden State because they don't play Wantus Kano Anderson, which I think is kind of a mistake. He's the only guy that can just like out jump and out athletic all those guys on Boston. And so so much is riding on his shoulders. He's got to play like forty plus minutes every night because of how much they need him when one of or both of Tatum and Brown are on the floor. And it just you know, I think every time I watch basketball or walk around in life, I think about how frustrating the Sixers are. And so, like, watching what Wiggins did, the Sixers had no one that could do anything remotely like that this year. Like, so many offensive rebounds, playing so physical, uh, getting out in the open court and just, like, being too fast and athletic for anything. Like, he's not doing special stuff. He's not a number one option. He's never going to be. You don't really want him taking shots that much because he's not a comfortable shooter. His touch is bad, especially from the perimeter. But he's just like really fast and athletic and can jump and is and he's big. And he tries at this point. And it's like that's all that's like so much of it. You you surround your good players with guys like that. And the Sixers had players like that this season, and it was really frustrating. And he is thriving only being asked to do the things that he should do, right? Like he he is in yeah. The, the Warriors have done that with that position. You know, that was like the sort of the Harrison Barnes position or whatever. But it, I, I think it's no accident that he looks like he belongs given what he is being asked to do. I also think, you know, age-wise, he's grown into his body. Like you mentioned being big. He's not just tall now, but like I th he's filled out in a way where he he looks like, he looks like it, an a, fully formed NBA player physically where I think a few years ago he did not. Yeah. And I mean, Draymond has been pretty bad, really bad offensively, like a, a total, a, basically a total zero. He's still a good passer, obviously, but it's just not coming as easy because of how switchable Boston is on, on so many things and how much they can recover and rotate and, you know, smarts length and quickness and Robert Williams being able to just deny things and Horford being able to, you know, withstand it. But it it's really ballsy to do what Steve Kerr did and go offense defense with the with, with what's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like that's just that is a ballsy coaching choice. And I know to some extent he had no choice. But there's a lot of coaches in this league that wouldn't have made that choice. They would have just wrote it and gone there. Um, and I don't think he's coached a perfect series. 
I think that she's still trying to figure it out. There's too many like one way players on on Golden State at this point to feel any level of comfort that they're going to win two straight against Boston. But like they needed, it, you know, some of it just were, it just broke right for them with like you know stoppages and stuff. But they needed a two way player, and they found a two way player in half of Draymond Green and half of Jordan Poole. And that's like if you can make that work, and that's like aggressive and difficult and potentially risky because it leaves yourself up for all of a sudden Jordan Poole's covering you know Jalen Jason Tatum in space um that could go wrong or Draymond is being it's like you know three non-shooters in the court at the same time or whatever but it just worked out and that was I mean that game kicked ass and I'm, I would just love for Boston to lose this I would really love it I would just can't express how much I want it I want it very badly um fuck Boston Kurt. fuck the Celtics <laughs> Even though I like a lot of their guys, I just can't. I can't get over it. Fucking Dave Portnoy sitting courtside. What a fucking loser. Like, um, unbelievable. I just, I couldn't want them to lose anymore. I don't care. Like, obviously, it's, I'm not, like, thrilled with, like, the Warriors' current fan base and, like, the tech money. Those guys are losers, too. Everybody's losers. But, like, <laughs> at, least they've, at least they've won before. Like, we could just, like, I can't deal with, write like, it a off. new lo- I can't. Yeah. yeah, we can write it off. It's like, oh, another Steph Curry championship. Great. Totally yeah. fine. Yeah, totally fine with that. If it's Boston, I'm, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna be in, a, I'm gonna be in a bad place. The 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 Steve Kerr Draymond Green decision. The, there's two types of don't give a fuck that coaches can have. Like, there's the bad don't give a fuck, and there's a good don't give a fuck. The bad don't give a fuck is sort of like what we have in Philadelphia, where you'd rather be golfing. The good don't give a fuck. I think the reason that Kerr, I agree that it is ballsy what he did, but the reason he was able to do it on some level is because that core has been around for a certain amount of time and he knows, and I think there is a mutual respect between he and the players, even though everything doesn't always go the way he's been with these people for, for that long. And to the other point is like, he's won a few championships. He's, he's like, it's not like his one of these two coaches we're talking about thinks he's above reproach. The other coach sort of is at this point. And like, if, if anyone can pull it off, it is someone in the position. I'm not saying that it doesn't take balls, but someone that is in the position that Kerr is in to take advantage of that sort of like, I know this, I'm going to do it. I'll ride with it if it's wrong, but like, I know my guys well enough to make this move. And it is that the good sort of give a, don't give a fuck that Steve Kerr had and the reason that he was able to do it. Totally. And I think you have to give respect to Draymond for getting benched for offense for like, you know, a pivotal game of a finals game and going like, I'm going to come in there when I'm in there and kick fucking ass. And like defend like a maniac. Whereas obviously that's easy connection to make when Ben was criticized or anything, like just like didn't do that. Like just became an offensive, even more of an offensive liability when, when like at during times when he was benched for a longer stretch of time, doc never went like offense defenses in that kind of moment, the way that uh, they did with Draymond. But it was just like, you could tell he was like, I'm bringing the intensity to, to, maybe prove Steve Kerr wrong or just to be like, this is my job. I'm going to really make it count because I'm not, you know, he always plays his ass off, but he was better offensively when in those moments when he did come in, when they did have to like, you know, there weren't stoppages so he could pull them out. He was, he made a couple of nice plays. So, uh, it's just, it's just a different level that the Sixers have not, you know, come close to experiencing. 
If the Celtics were were to win a title, it would be bad for your health. There's nothing that Body Bio can do about that, but they can handle the other stuff. Bodybio.com. We love Body Bio. Locally owned and operated, family owned and operated supplement company called Body Bio that has whittled down your health to basically your gut and your head. If you can take care of those things, gut and the head, the brain, then you can take care of anything. And Body Bio has a number of products that take care of those things. Go to bodybio.com and use code RTRS20. I mentioned two of the products actually. Elite, which is hydration. You are more than half water. You're like 60% water. But hydration is not just about water. If it was, you're all water. You would be fine. Hydration is about electrolytes. And what you don't need is like the, the sugar and purple and artificial sweeteners and all that shit. You don't need that for hydration. Elite is only electrolytes. You put a cap of it in whatever you drink. It's easy. And it keeps your, your hydration level completely balanced. Did for me. Got rid of cramps that I had in my feet and my calves all the time. Elite. Also, your health, your I'm immune actually, system. I'm, I'm, I'm huh? out, I've been out of that, so I'm actually. This is reminding me to buy buy more right now. Yeah, and I'm it, Mike, Elite because I'm training for a 10k. There you go. So we got and it's important. That. You can't just drink water. You need both. You need the electrolytes too. Eight ninety nine. I think the smallest bottle of Elite is correct. Then twenty percent off. You can you can also subscribe to it on their website too, so you just get it every month. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, also liposomal vitamin C, most vitamin, look, your immune system, important vitamin C, everybody knows it's important. The problem with most vitamin C is you take these, you know, thousands of milligrams, you pee it all out because your body can't process it. So liposomal vitamin C gets right into your cells. That's basically what it's doing. It's getting right into your cells. So even though you see the amount of vitamin C in liposomal vitamin C is the same as other supplements, the amount that your body is absorbing is more with that one. I think you should check out the whole suite of Body Bio products. Buy all of them, but try these two. Try Elite, I'm telling you. Try uh, liposomal vitamin C. Code RTRS20 at bodybio.com. I made fun of AU when he wanted to write an article about Hustle, the new Adam Sandler movie on Netflix, which is based on the Sixers on some level. You know, Adam Sandler plays a scout that, uh, that works for the Sixers. And I was like, nobody cares about that fucking movie, AU. I was like, go ahead and write it, but nobody cares. But we got a bunch of emails and a bunch of tweets like, you should watch the movie, you should watch the movie. Now, I should have mentioned this to you before I went and watched the movie, but have you watched the movie? I have not. Okay. So we're going to have to But I, I, The answer is because I'm kind of dreading it. A million people have told me to watch it. I knew about it. Um, You should watch it. It's harmless. I, I will at some point, but I'm dreading the idea of like how many Sixers. It's just like... It's just too many. It's too many things. It's like a little bit. I don't. I don't know what it is. Sometimes when there's things that like are too relevant, that I'm like, I don't know. I don't. It's like too close to home. I don't. I don't know. But I, I eventually will watch it for sure. It, you know, the basketball in it is good, which is fun. There, this Doc Rivers is in it. Matisse Thybul, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, Ferk is in it for a second, but I don't. I think it might just be a highlight from a real game that Cork Miles is in it, Seth Curry in it as well. And then uh, the two Boban basketball, too, right? Boban is in it. Boban's great and a great performance from Boban. And then Wancho, Hernan Gomez and Anthony Edwards are the two sort of like main basketball stars. And then a bunch of other NBA players. So the basketball in it is good. Uh, I don't want to give the review. I'll wait till you watch it so we can talk about it. But as many people have mentioned, and I don't think this is a spoiler at all, 
because it happens right away. The hits real close to home is the the nepotism owner slash GM that is the son of somebody yeah, important is a real dickhead. And it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's uh it's good. And coworker of mine, Andrew Perloff of Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio, has a sort of a pivotal moment in it where he gets to ask um uh scout Adam Sandler a question. And there's a lot of like Philly fan service in it, the federal donuts sweatshirt that he's wearing, all that kind of stuff. But it is amazing to see it. And we should have been invited to be in the movie, just as a little little note at the end. Should have been invited, but I can understand why we were. Well, before we get to the fake trades, had a bit of a revelation. This has nothing to do with the Celtics. I'm just I'm not putting this into the world so the world so it so it exists. I'm putting it into the world so we don't get blindsided. We've talked a lot about what will happen with the Harden contract. And there is the way too long Derek Bodner explainer with the apron and the taxpayer mid-level and all that kind of stuff. And of course, we've talked about the idea of him opting in, the idea of him signing a discount contract. We need to be prepared for the very real possibility that Maury gives him the full max. That's the only thing I want to put into the world in that we, this is a, this is a, just a a PSA that I think we've generally not even really talked about it as a reality because of how, how Harden looked. We're like, ah, there's no way he can give him a max. There's no way he can give him a max. There is a way he could give him a max, and I think it is more possible than we are we're giving um, that 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 than, than we are allowing. And I just I want to I want everyone to think about after he doesn't opt in by June thirtieth, which I think is the deadline when he doesn't opt in and he becomes a free agent. That the next Sixers move is to give him a full max. So just prepare for it. That's all I'm saying. I don't disagree that with the possibility. Mm-hmm. I think it's a healthy PSA to issue. Yep. Um, it can't happen. It can't, it can't be a five year full max. It just, it just can't. If you, if you tell me is a three year, $4 billion contract, whatever, <laughs> then fine. <laughs> three years, four billion, three years, four bill, whatever. <laughs> but I just, it, you can't do five years with the guy that we just saw. Like you just can't go five. You can't, you can't give him everything. And I don't know how that works. I'm not a good negotiator. Although I did get a good deal of buying out my lease a few months ago. Also, I feel wow. pretty good about that. Um, awesome. But not an easy time to do that either. You must be an expert negotiator actually. Uh, no. Well, cause they, when they, when I, when I leased the car like three years ago, it had like the, here's the buyout options. And I was like, oh, okay. give me, give me a good deal though. And I kind of get a good deal out of this. I feel good. Anyway. Great. Um, I, so I don't know how you do that with someone that you are have been so close with, with so long. Like, How do you negotiate a contract with someone that you give that hug to that Daryl did on the tarmac? Um, but like it just you can't just be like, I here, take all my leverage, have all of it. Go ahead. Sign. Just fill in whatever details you want. I'll sign it. It just can't be that, man. He didn't look good enough. He didn't look good enough. I, I understand that. 
I think that, I think there is validity to it as much as I, I was frustrated by this case. I think there's validity to the idea that this year was a transition year between the chaos of Ben and the getting of Harden. And the team around mm-hmm. it was not like fully established. There wasn't any continuity. I think part of that it is why they kept Doc or are you know weren't in a rush to fire him at least um just the idea that there needs to be some continuity for Ben or sorry for Joel and Harden and Doc and then to surround those guys with with more helpful players to give them like an actual shot at making it work and I get that and I'm willing to I I hope I I genuinely hope and think you know there's a there's a better than 25% chance that Harden is significantly better next year than than the guy we saw this year better than 25 percent is not like a compliment i don't know why i put it like that but it's like <laughs> it's not I'm, I'm not like certain of it but i think there's a legitimate chance um but you just can't give them all of it when the guy that we saw was so clearly diminished from him at his peak and and for five years it's just impossible. It's impossible to to hamstring yourself for for that much of Joel's prime. Look at no John Wall. Like he's just sitting there. He's just sitting. He didn't play at all last year. And like R- Russell Westbrook is a negative asset for the most. Like all these guys that you give so much, you you can't just be handing out years and years and years for to for a player into their mid to late thirties. Like you just can't. You can't do it. You cannot do it. It would it would absolutely cripple Embiid's prime. It would cripple this team. It would it's a really bad it would be bad. So if it's three years and that much money, then it's like, okay, cool. Okay. I can deal with it. I wouldn't love it, but I could deal with it. I'd rather it be like three years, a hundred million, hundred and twenty million in that range. Not like three years, like one, you know, one forty or something like that. Um but if it has to be all of it to make sure you get the years not as long, then I I'll I'll deal with it fine and you can you know, get off of him and still have a couple years left of him beats career beats prime before it happens. I, I just but. think I, I think there's a significant possibility that Harden was expecting that deal. And I agree with look, you get into these numbers and you're like, well, what difference does it make if you're only if it's only three years rather than five years, right? Like that's generational wealth, yada, 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 yada. You know what the difference is? $100 million. And even for people making $150 million, $100 million is a lot of money. And I, maybe, maybe we get lucky, right? Maybe there's somebody else who wants to give them the contract and they're willing to do some sign and trade and yada, yada, yada. Maybe there's another taker somewhere. I And I couldn't agree with you more that you can't, right? Like I, I don't even want to watch a fucking guy on the Sixers if I'm, if I'm being real. I just, just as a, a primer, I just want everyone can tell me I'm full of shit, wrong, yeti, or or he can't, or whatever. But I want everyone to just take this sentence, ball it up, put it deep down in your gut, and go grab it if necessary at some point because I think it's possible. You know, I think it's a, I think it's actually possible. So there we go. Yeah, I mean, do you believe? Do you believe that there was the. There was a report that he forgot to pick up his option. No. Nope. Nope. That's a lie. That's a so, lie. I don't believe that for a second. Who is is he lying? Is he lying to did, did him and Daryl or whoever have an agreement that like this would happen and then he just forgot to file the paperwork? Is that the story? Because if that I was th- the case and he forgot to pick up his option, 
then like there's got to be a little bit of bad blood on that end. That's essentially him like breaching a. I don't. A, a I don't think deal. they. I don't think they ever thought he was going to pick up the one year option, and I think Harden's been really one thing he's been really good at over the last few years is like lying with a straight face and everybody knows that he's lying. It's sort of like the, when he was in Brooklyn, he's like, guys, psh, I don't want to trade. It's just that my hamstring hurts, <laughs> you know, or when he was in Houston, he's like, I'm ready to go to war with these guys, you know? And, and then all of a sudden he just, he acts completely differently from what he said. I don't think that there's any possibility. He just missed the fucking deadline and accidentally did it. Cause he could just do it right now. He could opt in right now. Yeah. It's just that it was the, the way that the story was presented all those months ago was like he was going to do it and then just yeah. didn't. Yeah. And so I'm I'm a little confused about like what actually happened there and what cuz if it someone had to anticipate that he was going to pick up that option for there to be a story about how he didn't pick up the option mm-hmm. and forgot to do it. Or misplace the paperwork or whatever. Which happens. I miss like look, man. You you have a fifty million dollar option that's just sitting around and it's like caught up with your mail and you just forget. And so I get it. But I, I do wonder what happened. I hope we get the real story of what yeah. happened. But yeah, I mean, you just can't get in the mail. I'm I don't think that there's a sign and trade with Harden that I'm like even considering because I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think anyone would give him that kind of money. I don't think that the way that who the Sixers would get in return would be, you know, more helpful. I think the best, the best path to success is James Harden just having a healthy off season and looking closer to the guy he was in Brooklyn before the hamstring. Um, we'll see if that's possible. Um, and then surrounding those guys with with more athletic uh, guys who play harder and and can jump a little bit, um, but uh, you can't give them that much money. You can't give them that many years, even the money, whatever the money. I don't care about the Sixers. Aren't like in a place where they're going to sign free agents at any point anyway. And and really, is free agency like a thing at the highest levels? It's kind of not at this point. It's it's you guys say where they're going to get traded to, and then the trade happens. So I don't. Cap space is not something that I'm like dying for, although it would definitely help fill out the bench in a better way. But yeah, you can't give him five years. That's an insane. It's just, it can't, it can't happen. Hold We're going to get into yeah. the fake trades no. momentarily. Good. Briggs Auction is a auction house in Delco and a partner of the Ricky. Love Briggs Auction. Four generation family owned and operated. Briggs Auction, I've talked about their auctions before. They have an amazing one right now that if you're listening to this pod, you will be interested in. It is a one collector, 370 item sports memorabilia auction that is fucking sick. There's a lot of very good stuff in there. There is funny stuff in there and it is worth checking out. It closes the 16th or 17th. So it closed the end of this week. Go to briggsauction.com, scroll down. You'll see it right there. Some of the items, game used Iverson shoes. That is amazing. This really sick Vince Carter 
Allen Iverson signed photo. They must have been at a photo shoot somewhere together. Maybe I, I don't think it was during that um, during that playoff series, but an amazing Vince Carter Iverson signed photo. A Wilt Chamberlain signed ball, and then now to the some of the humor. A ball signed by Kyle Korver and Andre Iguodala, which would be. I want one of our listeners to win that one. And then a ball signed by Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens. Go to BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky. While you're there, you can sign up for our bi-weekly giveaway. But I want you to check out this specific auction. They do estate auctions all the time at Briggs Auction. Furniture, yeah, art, old cool fucking books, all that kind of stuff. But right now, I really want you to check out this single collector collectibles sports collectibles auction there's always sports stuff in the briggs auction auctions but this one's all sports and definitely worth checking out pickup is easy by appointment anytime during the week or saturdays they have open pickup or if you need it delivered they can work with a uh, a shipper for you and if you want to downsize they handle local estate auctions uh, email them at info at there is the app in the app store and google play Briggs, B-R-I-G-G-S, or go to BriggsAuction.com. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process. All right. O'Connor wrote five fake trades, and then Sixers Adam wrote some fake trades as well. I want to throw them at you. A lot of people got mad at the Mike O'Connor trades because they said that they're, none of them are good enough. I think there are some people who are a little maybe not accepting the reality of what some players are worth, but that is some, that is normal fan stuff. Let mm-hmm. me throw, throw you the first one. So I, th- I, th- I do think MOC tried to be realistic is what he was trying to do. And I don't want to do this. I almost don't want to do the first one first because he does qualify it a bit, but here's the trade. Danny Green, Philippe uh, Petrosev, a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 second round pick for Josh Richardson. The return. Yeah. He says, during Richardson's season in Philly, we all saw his glaring weaknesses up close and personal. He really can't pass. His handle is loose. His jump shot comes and goes. He's not a great team defender. The hope is this time around, he would be on a team with far more perimeter shot creation and his weaknesses would be more easily masked. He says, still, it's a bit of a dangerous bet given how disastrous his season was in Dallas two years ago after they brought him in for the same reasons I'm describing him here. I would yes. do this deal if nothing else were on the table. What do you... I do just you think, think, I don't disagree with his logic. I just don't think that this is the best deal that they can get. I think right. that in the Danny trade with some second round picks attached and you know somebody else, some other like fringe prospect here or there, like you can get a better player than Josh Richardson that would fit better. I just I think that there's a real concern that he would be... I agree that Josh would fit better on this team than he did on the Al Horford team, but still, but still. So the next one is a little tougher for me because I, I really feel like I've never paid attention to DeAnthony Melton, but uh, I think you would be right. Okay. So let me, let me so he was one of my he, favorite players coming out of the draft. He liked, he sat his entire sophomore season because of some like bullshit academic thing. And I just like loved him. I loved him because Alyssa went to SC. So I watched a ton of SC his freshman year. He just kicks ass and he's exactly the player that he, I thought he would be. He's awesome. I love him. And I think that the trade that he has is a little too much. That it is M- Matisse Thibel, Isaiah Joe, and the 23rd pick from, for DeAnthony Mountain. So how old is DeAnthony Mountain? Uh, for DeAnthony Mountain and the 47. And the pick. 47. Yeah. Um, I think the other one was what twenty four, 
24, so, yeah, 24. Let me make the argument for this trade, even though it, just based on what you said about D'Anthony Mountain. Matisse Thibel, like you could barely play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The 23rd pick, like I almost like, it's almost like guaranteeing that you're hitting on the 23rd pick by trading for D'Anthony Mountain. And, and the only thing that you're losing is two players who really weren't able to play for you in, in serious minutes last year. I don't know. It, it seems like it's exactly what it should cost if D'Anthony Melton is who you say he is. Yeah, I mean, I think D'Anthony Melton is, if you combine like Isaiah Joe and Matisse Thibel and added some ball handling in there, and he'd be like a perfect combo guard to back up, to, to play with Maxi or to play with Harden. Either one of them would just be like a really nice fit with. I just think this is, you do this trade with the, how we as a Sixers fan base feel about Matisse Thibel right now. But I think around the league, there would be people that think, maybe wrongly, that Matisse is a better player than D'Anthony Melton right now. <laughs> or a better, or a better projecting forward type thing because right. of his, how special he is defensively. D'Anthony Melton is also special defensively. It's not as, um, stunning to watch uh with your eyes the way matisse like you know recovers on you know chase down blocks or mm-hmm. um you know weaves through a passing lane and, and and takes the other way kind of thing but melton is is physical and he's gonna keep getting stronger he's long for a guard um i think his wingspan's like six nine six ten um he can play one-on-one and be and and get into a stance and like not get bullied um he's he's just really good and he and he's got some issues with shot selection he's not a great three-point shooter but he's certainly capable um has a little bit of a floater can finish at the rim a little bit um would be a guy that would like get loose balls and be that kind of player um i still believe in isaiah joe being a playable nba player in a landry shamit type mold he hasn't gotten there under doc rivers um so i'm not you know, valuing him super high, but I'm just, you know, the caveat of someone's going to get Isaiah Joe and he will be as good as like a late first round pick uh, would be like, he's just going to be like, Oh, he, he hit some shots and he, and he hasn't hit enough shots here for sure. I'm not saying like the failure to play Isaiah Joe is what was ultimately his team's demise. But I think, I think it's a little, I think it's a little high based on what I feel like the, feeling around the league is for Matisse um, and how Isaiah Joe could right away be just solid for somebody because he does profile to be a pretty decent two-way player if, if he adds weight and you know keeps improving his shot for somebody that's going to happen and then that's a 24 pick jump um, to get to 23 so I think I'd, be, I'd ultimately be fine with it I just think value wise the Sixers would take a little bit of a loss there and trading Matisse at at like kind of his lowest point if he did it last if you, if you offered a matisse for d'anthony mountain trade a year ago then they would have taken it the thing uh, about his lowest point is there's no guarantee that his sure value is going to get any higher either no for too, sure you know for sure the next trade i would love d'anthony mountain here let's just let's just establish that i would i would love okay. it but i and maybe i'm parsing a little bit but you throw in another second round pick and maybe i'm on board <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's that <laughs> maybe i'm maybe i'm easily convinced Next trade with the Miami Heat 
the Heat get Danny Green, Furkan Korkmaz, and a 2023 second round pick. And the Sixers get one Duncan Robinson. Obviously, Duncan Robinson, they were not able to keep on the floor during the playoffs. I think part of that too was because of Hero. They sort of made a judgment. They couldn't have them both on the floor defensively. And they're different players and Hero is more valuable offensively as in terms of like creation and getting to the rim and shot creation than Duncan Robinson is. And I would do this. Is a better defensive player than yes. either of those guys. Right. I would do this. Now, obviously it would take other moves because you can't just add another player who can't defend, you know, who's you have a lot of players who seem like they can't defend right now. But uh, Duncan Robinson is, I feel like, like a, a really, really legit shooter. Like he, like, like great, you know, like, JJ Redick level great shooter, you know, and yeah. and uh with more size and ability yeah. to get a shot off from a higher point. I know he's getting paid a lot. There's four year seventy four million left, but it's not my money. And uh I don't know. I, I would do this. I think this is a, I think it's a you know, you're basically giving up nothing. You know, you're giving up Danny Green's contract um and a, a second round pick and FERC. So I I would do this deal. Yeah, I mean, I look at, I think MOC made a good point in the article when he said, two two good points. One is, Duncan Robinson has played in the playoffs before and was not a train wreck um, when the Heat made their finals run. Mm-hmm. And so I think this year is just a, it was a specific stylistic choice for Miami that they didn't that didn't want to play or didn't think he could hold up against certain matchups or whatever. Um and I think the point of like, could it be a Dave, Davis Bertans type who cashed in on one season for being a good shooter? I think, I think, and MOC thinks that Duncan Robinson's a better player. I wouldn't hate this deal. I think it does, it would basically, they would double down on another one way player. I think Duncan Robinson is like slightly better defensively than Korkmaz and better defensively than Seth Curry, but, um, and more valuable as an off-ball threat i think like the stuff that he would do with harden and with Embiid and with maxi like that that kind of off-ball movement leveraged with maxi's speed harden's passing and Embiid's like you have to double team him that would be really really nice um it would just require that they really hit on a couple of very good defensive players who are not zeros mm-hmm. um, on the other end so um i'd be interested in this and also the fact that Duncan Robinson is making a lot of money for your 74 million in a year or two that becomes like that kind of like middle-class tradable contract that the Sixers kind of haven't had in a long time uh, since like the Josh Richardson trade and you know Tobias getting paid a bunch of of money and like those kinds of things you, you kind of like having one of those contracts around um, so that in case you need to match salaries sometimes you're not saying like it's it's our max contract guy or it's a bunch of like you know rookie scale deals combined so I, I don't think that the years would would scare me off so much um but it would really depend on you know i know that people joke about this but it would, it would depend on charlie brown jr being like okay we got it we got a, we got a guy who can be the ninth man every charlie time. brown jr who can defend or Jaden springer taking a big step forward like oh those kinds God. of things would have to happen oh Jesus. okay next one i know what you're gonna say but he had to include this in here the wizards get Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. The Sixers get Bradley Beal and Contavious Caldwell Pope. I know you don't want to do it. 
I do think this would give the Sixers, if they have a chance of winning a title in the next three years, would give them a better chance than they have now. Now, it does hamstring your future, but like your future beyond Embiid is like, I don't even know what that is anyway, even if Tyrese Maxey is, you know, the ends up being the 19th best player in the, the NBA, you know, like it, Caldwell Pope is a, yeah. a winning yeah. rotation player and Big Bradley Beal is guy. potentially a, a, you know, third level star type player, you know, like a, a, a 15 to 25 best player in the NBA level player, potentially. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think you almost, if, if you're also, if you're signing that Harden deal, you almost have to do a trade like this and try to Maybe. maximize what's going on right now. So. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, getting KCP definitely helps mm-hmm. me in this end and getting, and getting rid of Tobias as much as I think Tobias is a helpful player at this point. Um, and I think just trading him just to trade him and get nothing in return would be uh, devastating. I think that they they need Tobias's skill set and they need his body defensively and and the capable like pretty capable on both ends, even if he's like wildly overpaid still. Um, so that helps in this sense because you're getting two players back that would you would then play it in front of them. Um, I just I'm, my concern that I've that I've said over the past couple of podcasts is that Brad Beal has. Uh, did we watch his like fall off a cliff season last year? And if we're saying that Harden is that guy that he is now, then there's also a chance that Brad Beal is that guy that he was last year. And if he was, then that then you're not getting 15 to 25 best player. Um, right. You're getting a guy who is getting paid a lot more than Duncan Robinson to do like a little bit more like creation. Because like Brad Beal's value here. I'm saying if he's like the bat, the worst version of himself from last year. Brad Beal's value here as an off-ball threat with James Harden having the ball and Joel Embiid having the ball is, you know, running around screens and getting open and being a catch-and-shoot guy that is even, you know, a, a better catch-and-shoot guy than we saw last year. And that who can also, when Harden's out, he can create for himself, he can go one-on-one, he can get you a bucket, some some of what, of what Jimmy d- did for you. But realistically, he's the third option on this team. And he's going to be doing a lot of off-ball shit. And he's not a good defensive player at this point in his career. Um, or at least he hasn't been. He hasn't given a shit on the defensive end. My, it's possible he could be, though. I like It's, it's just, I, I know I brought this up before, and I'm not making an argument that it's true, just an argument that it's possible that the Wizards have been such a shit show. Yeah, you're getting possible. the worst, you know. I think that even... I had higher hopes for Brad Beal as a defensive player when he came into the league, and I mm-hmm. think he just never... He, he's always been, like... He had a good best, rep for it. Best case, like, kind of fine. But um, as the John Wall era ended and he be, took more of a load load offensively, I think he's taken a backseat in that department and also has even, you know, as they've gotten even worse, has been just, like... Now he's kind of just, like, not giving a shit on the defensive end. I'm not ruling out that he couldn't be fine defensively, but still, like kind of a a little bit of a weakness at least and i'm just thinking like yeah i mean yes the the issue for me third star wise is what are you getting them to do when they're when the ball is not in their hands and they're the third option Mm -hmm. and 
if he's weak defensively, if his shooting numbers don't get back to what they were like at his peak, um, if his like wrist or whatever is not fully healthy or, or back to the way it was, I'm just I'm just concerned because it, it it that is a double down on we have Embiid for however long his prime lasts. We have Harden on this like contract that we think is going to be better. We're going all in for three years, and everything else can like go to hell. It, maybe it's worth doing, but that that would be requiring Harden to be a lot better than the guy we saw last year, and Beal to be a lot better than the guy we saw last year, and Embiid to stay healthy, um, <laughs> which everything does, obviously. But um, it's and it's a double a down bat. in a place that I'm that I'm a little bit worried about. Whereas right. with with Maxi, at least you go like, look how much better he got year one to year two. There's he's very good now, and also gives you some stock in the future of if this Harden stuff doesn't work. If Tobias, you know, reverts back to uh, poor man's Carmelo, um, like what, what kind of, what kind of stuff? Wh- where is this going to go? At least we have like, okay, we got Maxi. Embiid gets hurt for a year, whatever. We can still be positive going forward. I just worry that this is a double down in a place where I'm not. I, I feel like less confident in a double down in those guys. Moc's next trade is a former process sixer. We will get to it right after I read this email from a listener. Mike, I want you to hear this email. It comes from Catherine. Catherine says, hi, Spike and Mike, another Ricky listener with another skeezy Philadelphia landlord story here. Some plumbers hired by our landlord saw to open the main sewer line in our home on Friday morning, told my roommate not to use the toilet sinks or showers, and they, quote, be back next week. The days turned to weeks, and still our landlords refused to even schedule the repair necessary to make the home habitable. Habitable? Habitable. Distraught, exhausted, and living in an Airbnb in the abandoned West Philly High School building, I thought I would throw up a Hail Mary and email Adam Kornblau. Wow. He responded within hours at 9 p.m. no less and edited some of my more menacing language out of a draft to send to my landlords and promised to call me in the morning. We spoke twice the next day and he helped me understand what my legal rights were and even offered to send an email from his own address to the landlords. The repair is now scheduled and we'll have our home. We'll be back in our home next week. My cats, my partner, and my roommate can't thank Adam enough. Five stars. Hell yeah. What a good story. He's the best. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Here's what's so great about it. He's a personal injury lawyer. And he helps our listeners with that stuff because he's a good guy. This is a guy that you want in your phone for legal issues. Cornblau and Cornblau, the official law firm of the process, K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U. And by the way, no slouch when it comes to personal injury. Some of the biggest medical malpractice results in Southeastern PA, Cornblau and Cornblau have been there for like four decades now. Him and his mom running the law firm and handling any kind of personal injury, which is medical malpractice, injured at work, car accident, slip and fall, all those kinds of things. If you get hurt, do not be a hero. If it's somebody, if you think it might be somebody else's fault, you reach out to Adam, doesn't cost you anything. Shoot him an email, call him. And by the way, if you do have another legal question, he might not be able to represent you, but like he did with Catherine there, he can certainly help. Uh, the phone number is 215-576-7200, ask for Adam. 215-576-7200, ask for Adam. And you can get to Adam, by the way. You say you're a Ricky listener. Anybody can get to Adam. Adam will be the one who responds. Or email 
Cornblau at Cornblau and Cornblau.com. K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U. Cornblau and Cornblau, the official law firm of the process. I thought this trade was particularly interesting in that I was not interested in Jeremy Grant when his name came up before, but I just think the structure of this deal and who you get is interesting. The final MOC trade. Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, Jaden Springer, number 23, and the rights to swap first round picks in 26 for Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olenek. It gives you basically two backup fives, one of, and two guys who, by the way, can play four, uh, depending on who the matchup is. Jeremy Grant obviously would be the starting four. Can give you some scoring pop on the same timeline as Embiid and Jeremy Grant, incredibly athletic. Um, I think he has been a little miscast as a scorer, even though he can score, but he's clearly more skilled as a scorer than he was when he was in Philadelphia. And maybe just being around other guys who can score, not being dependent on a lot, he could be excellent. Um, you know, Harris is a negative asset. Thibel couldn't stay on the court. Jaden Springer's probably, if he's going to be something, is a few years away. I think this is a fair trade. I don't know what the Pistons want with Tobias Harris, but I think this is a fair trade. I mean, I just think that Tobias Harris is a better player than Jeremy Grant. No. I think he's a better player. What a take. That is crazy. I I think he's a better shooter. I think he's... Uh, at this point, plays within himself more. Jeremy Grant has not been good in Detroit. He has been bad. He he decided to leave Denver to go to go be a, a a more of a number one guy in Detroit, and it hasn't worked out. Maybe he just wants to get buckets, but I'm just like, he's also involved in that MCW NFT scheme. Do we want that? Who knows? Um, the by the way tobias is probably not far behind in being named in one of those fucking scams let's not let's not be let's not kid ourselves there tobias is very sweet uh i just think he's i think tobias is a better player i think jeremy grant's a better more versatile defender but like maybe not by much like the way tobias has has defended has been better and and jeremy grant has not been as good of a defender the past two years and so he's on a shitty team. Maybe. I mean, I think that's possible, but I think also like you can make excuses for like effort. And if it's not, if it's there, sometimes it's not that it's there. Sometimes like Tobias has defended his ass off for, for the last few months. And that, and I think that can't be uh, discounted. Um, and, and the fact that Jeremy doesn't seem to want to be a role player and that's what he would, that's what he would be here. Um, Jeremy doesn't have good touch. He shoots bad shots. He doesn't really get to the line. Like I just, I think, him being like your third guy and going like, okay, cool. I think you're, I think there's, there's some like, and it's worked out a little bit, but Aaron Gordon wanted to, to be the guy in Denver, be the guy that he's being, which is like helpful, whatever. And he's still, he's helpful sometimes, but he's still like the fact that he can't shoot and is, and they just leave him out there is debilitating for, for a player like Jokic who, is like just dying for guys to hit shots when he passes them the ball in the perfect spot. And I think, I think Kelly Olenek would be nice. Obviously the Sixers would have won three to four championships if they had Kelly Olenek already. Um, I just, that's a lot of stuff to, to trade, including the swap rights down the road when that, when, if this doesn't work, um, it's just a lot of stuff to trade for, 
I think the Sixers potentially are giving away the the best player in this trade and two good prospects and the number twenty third pick and the swap rights. It it you got to trade stuff to get stuff. I understand that, but I don't know that this would be one that I would line up as like top of my list. Interesting. I'm actually going to hold, we'll do a couple mailbag questions. I'm going to hold the Sixers-Adam trades for next pod because we're, we're already so late in the pod. So we'll do the Sixers-Adam one next time. You can send us emails or leave us voicemails. The email is writes to rickysanchez at gmail.com. The voicemail is 833-LICKFACE. That is 833-LICKFACE. You don't need the E. You can drop that. So it's LICKFAC. But lick face. Let's go to the email first. This comes from Joe. Spike, Mike, and CJ. You aren't getting enough trade free agent and draft emails? Say no more. Here's a meticulously detailed off-season plan with citations to the CBA for Mike. Just kidding. But since our core four was very good for stretches, let's talk about potential bench players Daryl can acquire in the offseason. Specifically, let's talk about who could be the best, most realistic for the $10.9 million taxpayer MLE of the below. I'm just going to read them all off. You tell me who is most interesting to you. Mm-hmm. TJ Warren, Kyle Anderson, Chris Boucher, Bruce Brown Jr., Otto Porter Jr., Derek Jones Jr., Gary Harris, Ricky Rubio, Thaddeus Young. Um, I love Kyle Anderson. I do. And he's, even though he's extremely s- slow and weird. I love him. He's very odd. He's like the he's like the as f- the highest up you can go with a with a Dario uh, starting starter kit. Like he's just all the way there, um, and he's really turned himself into a nice player. I, re- I really like watching him play, even though he's really the slowest player I've ever seen. Um, but I think that he's not a good fit. I think T.J. Warren's not a really good fit. Also, he's coming off like elect elective year long surgery. I um, just didn't want to play there. I would love playing there. The four games a year we would get TJ Warren going fucking nuclear. Sure. TJ Warren and Tobias Harris at the same time is is uh, <laughs> is a lot. Could be could be difficult to see. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Chris Boucher is the best player I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. I love him. The exactly the kind of shot blocking and and three point shooting type guy that I would kill for. Um, that the Sixers have have desperately needed for as long as I've been alive. Um, I don't know that I would give him 10.9 million tax player MLE because I do think that there's, you know, we have two feasible backup centers right now on the roster in Paul Reed and Charles Bassey. So do you want to go another, you know, stack up another backup center on a team that desperately needs wings? Um, Otto's good, but not that good. Slow uh, doesn't jo- shoot enough too. I like, I want, I want a guy who's going to yeah. just fucking let him fly. So I love I love Bruce Brown. He's he's another guy that I've loved for a long time. Him and you know similar. Obviously, people know him a little bit more than Melton, but like that kind of uh, defend his ass off, play his ass off. He he you know screen and roll guys turn himself into in a very fun way on that weird Nets team. Um, I believe his name's actually Bruce Brown Senior, by the way. Mm. Um, and Ricky's a fun player, but I don't think that you need another guy who can't really. And we're already going to give him the max. The other, Ricky Rubio, Harden. Oh, no. CJ. I think Mike froze. This might be the end of the pod forever. Look at him. Fact checked is that uh, Bruce Brown is junior. Ah, he is. 
wonder who Mike was thinking of. We'll give Mike a couple a minute or two more to come back um, because he froze. I wonder, oh, there he goes. Let's see if he comes back. Well, I just, I remember. Oh, you took him out. He Um, says computer restarted. uh, His computer just restarted. (laughs) So let's vamp for a second. You want to vamp? Maybe we'll take a voicemail while we're waiting for him. Yeah, um, this comes okay. The voicemail number is eight three three lickface. You can leave off the last e for savings. This here we go. Hey, it's Ryan from South Philly, uh, longtime listener, first time caller. Am I crazy, or does it just feel like you guys are getting along better when the Sixers are terrible? Oh, you're back. Mike's back. That was wild. Yeah, computer, Your computer just, just restarted. Friggin' Ricky Rubio got upset that I didn't call him a good shooter. And oh, yeah. I called, and then I, I said we were already giving Ricky Rubio a five-year max. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think the answer is Gary Harris. I think I think he's a really nice option to replace Danny Green. Um, solid defender, capable uh, catch-and-shoot guy, although not as good as Danny. Um Still athletic, can still like can create a little bit in a pinch as far as like attacking closeouts here and there. Um, it's just like a really solid all around player. And I think when we were talking about Josh Richardson before, I would much rather have Gary Harris than Josh Richardson. I think that is a better fit in in all areas. So if if that's possible, then that's something I'd be interested in. It's wild how long he's been in the league. Like longer than I would think. Twenty fourteen was his rookie yeah, season. Twenty fourteen, Michigan yeah. State. Yeah, just feels like it's. He's younger than that. Maybe it's just because I've been like- Oh, you think he's younger than that? Okay. Yeah. Like he he sort of reminds me of who was the guy on the Rockets that I always believed in his upside. Fuck. Son. Gordon, Daniel House? No, older than those guys. Fucking A. Josh Smith? No. I'm going to look for his name when I I read you the uh, non-basketball question. Would you rather- Always have to drink hot drinks at room temperature or always have to drink cold drinks at room temperature? I I like a cold drink at room temperature. An, an yeah. iced coffee or an iced latte or whatever that that like stops being so cold, I think it's very good. I agree. I don't even think this is close. I don't want room temperature coffee or room temperature tea or anything like that, but I'm fine with a room temperature, even a room temperature soda. Yeah. Uh, but, I would, to- but I also, but I do like... Um, like leftovers, I like I do like leftovers cold. Pretty much across the board, I'm fine with leftovers immediately after after refrigeration. Whether it's like a pasta dish or like a obviously pizza gets a lot of credit, but like across the board, I pretty much I'm cool with it cold. Give credit to Calvin in the YouTube chat. It is Gerald Green whose upside I've always believed in, even after he's in his thirties. Yeah. Well, Gerald Green is very Derek Jones Jr. is is the is the next level of Gerald Green, just the younger version, uh, who's awesome. Who's from I believe Chester. Uh, Philly guy. 833 Lickface is where you can leave us voicemails. Hey, it's Ryan from South Philly. Uh, longtime listener, first time caller. Am I crazy or does it just feel like you guys are getting along better when the Sixers are terrible? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. I think there's just a <laughs> sort of a sadness quotient that if we're both in that area, then it's like, all right, we're just sort of sluggishly going along. Whereas <laughs> if there's like excitement, then I'm, you know, fired off about Jaden Springer and you're telling me I'm an idiot and all that yeah. stuff. So maybe it's just, uh, if, if I'm, if I'm low, maybe it's just an easier 
is your match. I tell people all the time, it's it's hard to talk to somebody for three hours a week for 10 years. It's like, you know, I think we get along just fine. Every once in a while, you're going to bicker, for Christ's sake. Sure. Come on. Get CJ on here. I'll kick his ass. Yeah. Um, and then we will leave it with, actually, Tom got this call in for the last pod and we never got to it and he's a regular twitch viewer i think so um voicemail here we go hey guys it's tom i'm the guy who won't stop bringing up how kj would have won the dunk contest also hi cj in twitch chat i wanted to know what you guys thought about joel like dialing it back in the regular season next year obviously he can win mvp if he keeps this up and he wouldn't personally do this but in order for us to be playoff motherfuckers, we, we do need Joel on the court in the playoffs. And, you know, I know the organization is putting too much on him and the team won't improve too much this offseason. But I do think Joel needs to take it easy so he can go crazy in the playoffs. Love the pod. Looking forward to hearing this episode on Twitch. TTP. Thanks, guys. I, I just think that, like, Joel's injury issues this season, at least, were not due to, like playing too much like he got his he got his thumb whacked and he took an elbow you can argue that he shouldn't have been in the game at that point but that's not like because of the regular season in any way um i don't i think generally yes like i don't i think he's you know at the stage of his career where and maybe has always been where he should uh not be playing like upwards of 38 minutes in any regular time like certainly never like doc should trust his backup centers more and should be willing to let it ride and all that stuff and figure it out but yeah i don't i don't think this year specifically was because of joel's regular season wear and tear stuff the problem is i agree that they should the problem is he always ends up missing 20 games because of some injury which makes the management of the rest of his season harder in terms of games because you don't want him to play 40 games, right? Like, so optimally you do the Kawhi thing where he's never playing back-to-backs and he's like, you're strategically having him play 64 games a year instead of him missing games and playing 64 games a year. But the thing that you brought up that I think is incredibly important is I just want him playing like 31 minutes a game. That's all I want. I just went, I've done the math on this before. And, you know, like the difference between him playing 30 and 34, it just fucking adds up. And um, I think like if the, obviously these are not the spurs of six or seven years ago where nobody played 30 minutes a game, but I just, it adds up. He's a big guy. He's asked to do a lot physically. And I think he would benefit from it. And, uh, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the benefit of getting a guy like, Kelly Olynyk, who could play with him sometimes and take backup center minutes sometimes. And, you know, you wouldn't be, I don't think any doc would be thrilled with playing like 48 minutes of just Bassie and B-Ball Paul. <laughs> but if you throw like a veteran in there who could also play with him, beat a little bit, then, then you're feeling like you're in a little more comfortable hands to give him like a, you know, f- six to 10, you know, second half of a back to back off. Uh, six ten games of a back-to-back off and you're just like okay cool we got these guys that's what drummond was helpful with last year i didn't think he was playable as a playoff guy but he was definitely helpful for the regular season so the plan is that we will not i believe that we will not talk to you live until next weekend as midweek we are taping our big board pod which will come out 
the beginning of next week. So looking forward to um, to the Big Board Pod. You know, th- there hasn't been a lot of draft talk with the Sixers, but the Big Board Pod is a staple of the of the Ricky. So you'll be getting that. Uh, and actually, because I won't be here, if the Celtics win the title in seven games, you won't hear from me for a week. So, and maybe we'll all die. Maybe that's the last you'll hear from maybe. me. So, maybe. all right. Also, we will, the um, nope. Young Rock season three room starts tomorrow. Ooh, so that's catch exciting. Up on both seasons so far available on Hulu and Peacock and wherever. Um, and we're going to start writing season three tomorrow. So that's cool. If you don't fuck with me, Good luck. Thank you. Then I won't fuck with uh, you. Um, all right. If you don't we'll talk to you soon. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.